We did what every other business out there had to do. We applied for grants, looked into the PPP loan, look at your own savings. You have to tap every avenue. This is where small business from a perception scenario, it became really clear that small businesses really make a difference in this economy. And I think that they realize if all these small businesses go, this can't be sustainable where all you have are the big boys. And I think that really became evident during that time. Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And here are your hosts, Jack Uhaldi and Robert Erie Artboard. Welcome everyone to Reinvention After 50. I'm Robert Erie Artboard and my partner, Jack Uhalde, just did a second interview with Sanford Marshall, AKA The Wedding Coach and Sandman Productions where he does weddings and live events, galas. And the first interview he did was episode 32, where it was right at the start of the pandemic and all live events ceased, of course. So he had to reinvent himself and he made some decisions that kept his business alive. And now that we're coming out of it a little bit here in 2022, he took what he learned in those first couple of years of the pandemic, readjusted once again into this new phase. So let's listen to what Sanford has to say about his new phase for the wedding coach and Sandman Productions. So joining me on the Reinvention After 50 podcast is my good friend, Sanford Marshall. Sanford, thanks for coming back on for uh, episode. This is your second episode. You're on with us uh, episode 32. Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. You know, so you are the owner, you and your wife own the wedding coach and Sandman Productions. Um, yes. And they're two separate entities. We don't have to get into all of that right now. But, uh, you know, you and I actually, as we were just talking on the pre-call here, we talked like right during the heart of the pandemic in, in 2020. And you had a thriving wedding business that you were doing, you know, a lot of work, a lot of business, things were going great. And all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And it's not as if, you know, you had a full-time job and you could let somebody else kind of worry about it. You had to worry about it. Before we get into some of the cool stuff you're working on, on how you're able to make a pivot, just tell me, just kind of just to do an overview on how things are going with you now, you know, since the pandemic and and um, how business has been going. Well, uh, I think to first um, initiate with what you said, we literally had come off of our best year ever. And so we were primed and ready for a, a great 2020. And without any thought process or, you know, imagination that, events would completely halt and things would be shut down in a way that I've never experienced a shutdown. I mean, that's really what it is. It was like, no, there's not even an option, you know, and this was, uh, was before people even were creative with thinking about what to do outdoors because that wasn't even an option to gather in, in that scenario. It was, it was very much now it's over. And until it comes back, what are you going to do to keep your brand aware, keep your brand out and, and, and keep, you know, people aware of what you're doing and that you're still in the game. And more importantly, you're thinking, how can I sustain my business? You know, what are the other things that I can do? And so during that time, uh, because I was an officiant also, I'm an officiant as well as a, a wedding planner and event planner. So 
being an officiant gave me an opportunity to use that skill set to do outdoor elopement style ceremonies. Just a couple, myself, maybe a photographer, two witnesses at the most. That's it. And all of these are outdoors. But what we're doing then is choosing beautiful locations, Stinson Beach, Half Moon Bay, specific areas with great redwoods. So that started happening. And then as that started happening, you know, you start looking at online virtual events. Okay, well, how can we get into that place? And so that was pretty much what we kind of had to stick with for a while. Then all of a sudden things got a little looser. And when we got into 2021, and then, you know, we were able to do some events here or hybrid event, an outdoor event where one of our large galas would normally be for four to 500 people. We did it for 100 people and we did a live stream for people at home. So we had to start getting creative there until, you know, those events or those clients could come back and feel comfortable. Then towards the end of last year, the last four months of the year, we actually did a gala, a nonprofit uh, fundraiser, and two or three weddings. And they so, were all. So, is it safe to say? Sorry, I interrupt you, but I'm just curious. Is it safe to say then you went almost a full year without having any, like your the totality of your business didn't really come back for almost a full year? I mean, really, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, and I would dare say, yeah, with a year and maybe a, maybe a month or two on it, but yeah, definitely, we didn't see any of that. And, and to tell you one of the things that I'm sure a lot of people will find interesting out there who have learned how to do this, we have to rethink about contracts and cancellation clauses. You know, normally when you lock a gig in, well, if the gig gets canceled or in this scenario, a lot of us had to learn how to have that conversation with clients on, well, we've done services somewhat, we can't execute this. So finding fair ways to navigate that so everyone feels not only appreciated, but almost like you're also being very sensitive that I know we're trying to plan this, but there is a high probability that this can be taken off the slot in a minute. Right. And how do we navigate like that? And I think that that's a great skill that now we all possess, because I'm sure a lot of us have integrated these types of clauses into our contracts from here on out. You bring up an interesting point too, just not just not in terms of with the contracts and everything else, but just not in terms of your business, the wedding planning that you're doing, as well as the Sandman Productions that you do, which we'll get into in just a little bit. But there's a lot of small service oriented businesses that have, that have failed. I, I, I the number must be over fifty percent. If you look yeah. at restaurants as an example, restaurants are you know the half of what they used to be. So it's it's definitely uh, been a challenge, and you you were smart enough to you know make a pivot. You're obviously still the wedding coach, and you're still doing these things, but you've been able to make a pivot. Now I'm just going to tease the audience with that. Before we get into that, though, let's go back. And if for for the audience that wants to hear more about your story, which is a phenomenal story, uh, they can listen to episode 32. But let's give them a very high level view of who you were prior to going out on your own. You worked for a company, you're doing a side hustle. Just give me just a broad perspective on how you started getting into wedding planning and, and that whole thing. Uh, macro level, I was director of corporate events for the Bay Club Company, which is a, uh, a nice high-end luxury brand health and social club. So it's, it's a, you know, of course they have the fitness components, the group exercises and thing, but because it was a social club, 
we did all types of social events. I was the complete programmer. So I threw our happy hours for club members, ski trips, charity poker nights, cooking classes with uh, San Francisco, you know, top chefs, you know, who come in to the club. We had a commercial kitchen, could do intimate cooking classes for 10 to 12 people. Back in the day, John Scharfenberger would come in and do chocolate and pork tasting classes, things like that. So um, that was my job. And at the same time, on the weekends, I was working weddings. I was building the wedding coach and Sandman Productions and was just keeping those going. Full-time job, Monday through Friday, weekends. All right, we got a wedding here at the Santa Lucia Preserve. Uh, This weekend, we've got a wedding over here in Marin. But all of that was being done to know that at some point, I would have an exit strategy if needed. You know, it's it's interesting too. You know, the the one thing that you and I talked about this after we actually did the interview and we included it and I'm looking at some of the show notes we did from episode 32, but you actually crafted your job knowing at some point in time you were going to leave your job. And it's a reminder for our listeners, if you're in a current job and and you see aspects of the job that you currently have, that may be a good fit for a future business, why not pitch some of those things? And didn't you do that when you were working with the Bay Club? Yeah. Uh, The thing that was so great about the Bay Club is they allowed you to treat your department like an individual entrepreneur. So if I went and said, hey, you know what? Shakespeare's birthday is coming up and I'd like to bring in a Shakespeare troupe to do something for the members. You know, they look, okay, as long as it fits within the budget and works, go ahead. And so the ability to craft and shape the position was really neat because my background, I'm an actor. I worked as a commercial actor in theater and film and all those things over you know, the last 25 years of my life. So I brought Nancy Hayes, a Bay Area casting director. She was a Bay Club member. She'd come in and do commercial acting workshop with members. And some of the members would really fall in love with it. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, a member would get a job casting a commercial or something. So I got to bring all of the things that were my talent skills or things that I were interested in into that job and then develop it and do events around it. And I think what that kind of did for me is the same way as an entrepreneur now, I've kind of looked at the things that are like my God-given talents. And what, what, how do I monetize and make those the areas that I put forth my best effort? You know, the old way used to be work on your weaknesses. Well, yeah. I'm kind of like with the pandemic, it's like, I'm going to maximize my strengths. I'm going to go with the too, areas where, yeah. I'm, where I'm strongest. So it was like, I became an auctioneer uh, over the last five years. I started doing nonprofits and being an auctioneer and MC using my uh, acting background. Then it was like, okay, we got the weddings. We've got the commercials. We got the acting, you know? had to pivot and start reaching out to memorial homes for families or people who maybe didn't have a priest or a minister, but wanted someone who could, you know, respectfully share their thoughts for their family member. You know, I'd never thought about that. I didn't even think that that would be a potential avenue, but there was a need out there. there so you know, explain, so what is that? Explain that to me. So is that, so say if uh, you lost, you lost a, a loved one, right. And you needed to plan their memorial. So normally when you go to your funeral home, they're going to help you plan the, the, the physical aspects of the ceremony. But when you actually have your memorial or celebration of life, sometimes you have someone who will be a speaker. 
who will, you know, for a family who has a priest, it's going to be people might get up and say their individual words, but then that priest might stand up and do a 15 minute declaration or speech or, or, or talk directed to the family about the individual who is no longer with them. And so when a funeral home doesn't have, you know, since that's not what they provide, you have a family that doesn't have a priest or doesn't have a minister, but would like someone who's comfortable with the topic, a good communicator. My family, my father was a pastor, so I'm very sensitive to some of the tech things that happen in, in that regard. But that was another avenue that I needed to make myself available for because I needed to see what areas could turn into um, a scenario. I mean, I'm all about connecting people through events. And so, and even if it's a memorial, you, you got to connect people deeper than ever so that they can focus on treasuring that loved one. And that was something that I thought I could do, especially for those people who didn't have one, we could, you know, connect. And if the chemistry's there, they have somebody that they can offload some of that stress and anxiety on. I could, I could see you be perfectly suited for me. Uh, I mean, you are, you are so, you are such a good speaker. So you can come speak at my memorial. Hey, is that, is that we're going to do it. We, yeah, let's do it in advance and make a great video using your <laughs> skill. And it's like, this is what's up. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like I'm that idea. Goodbye now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's actually, before we make a pivot, and I love your headline. You've got making wedding lemonade from pandemic lemons. And I love that. But I've got one more just kind of follow-up question. I don't know that I asked you this. Did you, when you decided to go working from your full-time job to then the wedding planner, the wedding coach in, in Sandman Productions, did you self-fund 100%? Do you have any investors? Did you ever look to investors? Like, tell me a little bit about that piece of it. In the beginning, completely self-funded. And then as you start growing and start looking at different things, then there was, there was a season where we reached out and looked for a couple individuals to partner to look at investing if we were going to try to go bigger and bigger. But ultimately, we didn't really need to have this business drive, uh, be driven through a large core of investors, you know, right. just a two in, a individuals who could help in that capacity would actually be sufficient because of the volume that's happening. What's so great to everybody out there that runs a business from their home, that entrepreneur. The one great thing about having your home office, no overhead. Yeah. Um, and when with my projects, not often, unless I'm running my own personal private event, most of the time I am tasked with working with the, the client's budget in order to procure and secure the things that are needed to throw their event. So I'm not having to put a lot of my capital sure. to create the event. I encourage people, if you can use that type of model, that's a nice model because you, you're not bound by trying to generate your own capital. And having that angst of if if I need to sell 500 tickets for this event in order to generate whatever revenue and there's only 300 tickets looking like they're going to be sold and your mortgage payment or your bills getting paid or your kid's tuition is predicated on the success of those events. That's some stress. Total stress. Yeah. And were you, I'm just curious too, like, okay, so pandemic hits, I'm sure you had to have, you know, they always say to have six months to a year's worth of savings because you were probably burning through capital right there, right? To survive. 
Yeah, I think uh, we did what every other business out there had to do. We applied for grants. You know, we um, looked into the PPP loans. Look at your own savings. You look at those those scenarios and go. You look at unemployment and right. how that how that's going to help you bridge the gap. Basically, you have to tap every every avenue. Uh, we were very blessed. We ended up, you know, you get some grants. You know, small business. This is where small business really. Um, I think from a perception scenario, it became really clear that small businesses really make a difference in this economy. Yeah. And I think that they realize if all these small businesses go, this can't be sustainable where all you have are the big boys. Sure. Right. All you have are the big boys, you know? And I think that that's, that's, that really became evident during that time. Definitely. You know, uh, the one other thing too, that you have at your arsenal, especially as you continue to grow the business and do the business are um, freelancers, the gig economy. You know, we had the great, resignation that happened, what, like in November, where 4 million people quit their jobs, they basically, you know, said that they want to just kind of, I'm sure a lot of them got new jobs, but they just people quit jobs, like, life is too short. I think this pandemic opened up a lot of eyes for people. Um, but for you, you have a Rolodex, that Rolodex is a, a value because you that that's typically who you hire, right? For, for your yeah. projects. Yeah, it was a uh... It was interesting. I was talking to a uh, really talented gu uh, guitarist, uh, Jean-Paul Bongiorno, and uh, I was getting him to see if he was going to be available for uh, a potential gig. And I go, what are your rates? And like, normally I would never ask that. I know, hey, I'm this for this. I'm two hours minimum. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, I go, we haven't literally done a gig together in two, two and a half years. I don't even know what you're charging. Yeah. And this was a guy I'd probably book four or five times a year, you know? So all of those um, event rental companies, you're trying to keep tabs with everyone. And it's funny how you mentioned the Rolodex. Now the Rolodex comes back to life. I just called a vendor the other day and I said, Hey, just got a corporate gig that I'm putting a proposal for. Just wanted to see if you weathered the storm, if you're still in the game. And she goes, yeah, we're still here. I go, okay. I go, but we, I didn't have a reason to talk to her for two years. We're great business people, but you know, they're not your necessary, your in your circle of friends. Sure. So, you know, you, you, so the, all of a sudden it's like, I haven't talked to you in two years. This is amazing. Yeah. But that's that gig economy for sure, buddy. For yeah. sure. No, definitely comes back. All right. So let's pivot here. You're in a situation where business has just completely crashed. You know, revenues have gone way, way down. Um, and you're a good thinker. I, I, I've known you for a long time. And you, again, you strategize when you had a full-time job, right? You're constantly thinking, doing. So tell me about making wedding lemonade from pandemic lemons. You made a pivot and you're seeing some successes with the pivot. Tell us about that. Well, I think the, 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 the wedding lemonade uh, from the COVID pandemic lemons comes from over the past two years, countless weddings have been canceled rescheduled, just obliterated two years of people's dreams. Couples that wanted to get their life started, their journey down the aisle, boom, boom, boom. So for two years with that being gone and now starting to look at it, it really became clear to me that in order to make it a difference and try to override the angst and the feelings of the emotions that have been kind of hovering what are some different ways that we can approach it 
bring back fun, bring some surprise, bring some delight. And so we added a surprise and delight kind of category from the Wedding Coach and Sandman production. So a, a couple wants to do a proposal. A guy, uh, someone wants to do their proposal. Let's do something different. Let's do something fun and amazing to make the proposal process. Let's jumpstart your wedding planning process in a way that, you know, sets the stage and raises the bar. No longer are we worried about the negative. We're worried about, we're celebrating the positive. So let's start it off with a bang there. Another kind of component was, you know what, if we're going to do an elopement, let's kick it up a notch. Let's do an elopement where the couple rents a house, a VRBO uh, in Half Moon Bay. We have their ceremony in the Redwoods or along the coastline. And then we go to this VRBO and I've secured a private chef to come and cook the dinner for them at this home. And it's a private weekend that's just immersed with the couple and their love. VIP wine tasting the next day, you know, town car pickup for dinner, you know, just quiet intimacy for that couple. So elopement planning. And then uh, another one, micro weddings. Mm. So the micro wedding trend to me is what is going to be huge in 2022. And the reason why is because a micro wedding is defined about 50 to 60 guests and below. So people have a contingency plan built into the numbers already that if something happened and they had to have their wedding day inside 60 people, there's enough probably to space things out and do the things that you need or have it outdoors, micro wedding. It's, it's almost like it's a built-in hedge against the cancellation or the concern about the pandemic. And so we started really encouraging couples to put together little micro weddings and events and the thing about it is just because it's called a micro wedding doesn't mean it's small. Right. It's as far as the impact. You can have a grand affair, intimate occasion, blow people away. It, but guess what? Instead of doing it for 150 to 200 people, you're doing it for 60 people who, you know, you care about and who you really want to see and have that celebration. Because I'll be honest. Two years of waiting and and and, and um, denying yourself, I, people are over it. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, very I, much so. You know, <laughs> you know brought, and, and and the reason why I say that is, I'm doing weddings on Mondays, Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. When you know, back in the day, it would be a Friday or a Saturday first. Yeah, and maybe then a, a Friday, Friday or Sunday. Yeah, maybe, but because it's a little more economical. Yeah, and but. Wednesday or Thursday, but there are people that were like, you know what? I want to get married. Yeah. I want to get married. And as you said, economical too. Uh, it's, it's a little cheaper. And yep. now with everybody going out and getting married again, Saturdays are tough to get. Fridays might they're, be tough to get. They're impossible to get. I spoke with the venue yesterday. I think they have one Saturday left for this, for this year. Yeah. You recently had um, a surprise proposal and you have a video. We'll share the video you put together on the show notes section of our website here, but maybe just give a brief overview of, of, a, of an example of how that went down. So this is this is what makes it really cool. Uh, I got uh, in contact, uh, got contacted by a buddy of mine who I used to play hoops with at the Bay Club, Timmy B. And he says, hey, I got a buddy who wants to propose to his girl in San Francisco, means a lot to them. 
Will you just help him out? Maybe talk with him. So I said, yeah. Turns out this guy is the uh, head trainer for the uh, health, uh, uh, head training and uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'm talking to him and we're putting things together and we're talking about it. And so finally, we we come up with the game plan. And the game plan is going to be, he's going to, we're going to do the Palace of Fine Arts for the proposal site, right? Iconic San Francisco. Beautiful spot. Beautiful right. spot. Game slam dunk on that. Did you did so, you put that idea together or was that his idea? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I just I, I kind of recommend it, you know, it's, you know, managing up. I put together some different ideas and then said, you know, the, this is what we have. What gravitates to you? Knowing in my mind, it's like the palace, dude, it's it's going to be it's going to be great. So what was the fun about it is, you know, the question is, how do you do this surprise? How do you how do you record the moment for them? How do you pull this off? So what I did is I stood in the middle of the circle and I told him. The story was that they're going to, because his, if his, if his um, now fiance said, why are we at the Palace of Fine Arts? You got to have an answer. So I, he said, look, it's a private, exclusive pop-up dinner that they're doing inside of the palace. A buddy of mine turned me on to it. So let's go check it out. So I'm standing in the middle of the circle as if I'm a doorman, you know, <laughs> like waiting. And so he comes up. He, he looks at me kind of almost, almost speak easy as password type of thing. And then I go name, boom, boom, boom. I go plus one. I go, great. I say, you know, tonight's our opening night. So it's a big kind of experience. So if you'd like to go in the middle of the circle, uh, our photographer is taking kind of a red carpet photo type of thing. This is, this is where your acting comes in handy. <laughs> And dude, it was great. So they walk over and she thinks she's just about to take a picture, right? Like this. And then he drops down. Boom. And then that was it. He drops down, proposed. She said, yes. The people around who are still, because it's a public space, yeah. around who are kind enough to step apart, aside. Everyone cheers. Boom, boom, boom. And then the chauffeured um, SUV that I had for them that brought them there, then took them to 25 Lusk where uh, Chef Matthew Dolan, who's the uh, owner and head chef there, he did a private dinner for their, uh, for the four of them. And here's the, here was a little icing on the cake. And, and the her four of them are her parents, right? Her, her parents, the icing on the cake was her parents drove down from Sacramento. Nice. So they were downstairs at the restaurant. So when we got in, got settled, got a glass of champagne, elevator door opens, mom and dad walk out. Oh, Oh, dude. That's great, so, man. So you, so you as part of your pivot, you were able to put that together. And now that's, that's kind of formulated some of these surprise elements to your business. So another, exactly. another revenue stream for you. Another revenue stream and another way to create some great experiences. I mean, everything for me is I want to create a magical experience. People really trust us with some important occasions in their lives. Yeah. So it's, you know, so you want to bring it, you want to bring the best of what you can. And that's kind of what it is. So now uh, we want to inspire a bride who's like, it's my husband's 50th birthday. Sure. What can we do different? What can we do to surprise him? And just, wow, yeah. I've ever thought to do that. And it can be as simple as getting together his group of buddies to do a pool tournament or a football, whatever is their sport. Like, a softball game before the party, like getting everyone together, like like no one would coordinate that, you know, sure, like right. we're going to call high school friends and it's a mini reunion. You guys are going to 
go out there and pull a hamstring and go play softball, you know, because you love it or pool. It doesn't matter. It could be. But way thinking like that. Yeah. To me is 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 raising the bar in creativity. And it's in, by raising that creative bar, you're changing the experience. And you have a lot of energy for the work that you do. It's it's quite obvious. It comes off in this interview. Just even looking at you on the Zoom call here, you're you know you're animated. You're totally into it. And you didn't sit idly and wait for this thing to kind of turn around and get back to doing the same old same old. You took it to another level, man. And because of that, you are going to have you do have multiple revenue streams coming in, and it's a real testament to your perseverance, but also a reminder people that a reminder to people that have small businesses that they too can make the pivot. I mean, there are things that open. You just need to kind of think and get outside the box and look at what's possible. Well, and I tell you, and I, I you know, all I do is, and, and you know me, Jack, I give all glory and honor to the Lord. He, the Lord has given me the talents and the ability and, and the clarity of mind and the wisdom to go and approach this. And with that and the confidence that what he has for me, no one can take from me. I go forth and you know, try to spread the spread the good cheer, make it a great experience, try to make sure that people love working. For me, coming from the theater world and the acting world, you want to have a positive vibe on the set, right? Like you want to, you know this, you yeah. know, with your crew, you want, you want to have a positive, cool vibe because we're, we're, when it gets stressful and we got to dance and we got to look at each other's eyes, we got to have that connection. Yeah. And that's what I believe helps with this business. And it helps, you know, take it to new heights. You build some trust and rapport with your client. When when we first started the proposal, he was out in Cleveland thinking about doing these things. And at first it felt far away, like, you know, intangible. But as we started putting together the building blocks, I could see in his voice, oh, this is this is good. You know, oh, this this is going to be nice. You know, he could start seeing it. And yeah. and, uh, and when you see, you've seen the video, but the authentic emotion of his girl. Ah, yeah. I mean, he's forever has, you know, given her that moment of, will you marry me? And yes. And she'll get, you know, when she tells that story, she can embellish it all she wants because how much more can you embellish on the palace of fine arts for my, my proposal site, a private dinner, inside one of San Francisco's top restaurants and then private desserts and champagne in our suite at the St. Regis at the end of the night. You know, no, it's great, man. And you, you talk about authentic and it was authentic. Your, your authenticity comes through. I mean, you are very, very authentic. You're real. I love talking to you. Inspire me. The last question I have for you is, you know, the beauty of what you've done here. So a lot of businesses, a lot of people get in the business towards, you know, their fifties and sixties or whatever, looking for something to do. The beauty of what you're doing now, I know you're still in your, you know, your fifties or early fifties, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm 50. I turned 50 in turn, June 12. You just, just, you know, you just joined the club, man. You're in a brand yep. 50 club. Good, good for you. Congrats. <laughs> we'll send you a little trophy. <laughs> but, um, what you've uh, what you've done here with your business is you've made it so that it's scalable because a lot of people don't want to fully retire. They want to do something that's part-time. They can scale it. With all of your contacts, with all your ideation, everything that you've done, you're able to scale this. Do you ever see yourself ever fully retiring? Nope. No. No. I love it. I have a, a good team of associate, uh, associate planners that 
you know, can execute weddings as well. I could still be the person that's facilitating with my contacts and everything, all of the planning details, and then have a team doing that. Auctioneering, being an officiant, you know, I want to take those to the next level of performance and fun. Uh, the couples that we that I do their wedding ceremonies, like they always say, we don't want the traditional stuffy wedding. We want it to feel accessible and we want fun. We want laughter. We want spirituality, moments of reflection, the whole arc. Well, you know, that's what I do best. You know, I can I can create a ceremony weave in fun that's custom to, to that couple and connects with them. You know, I have couples that have asked me, can I do a section of the Princess Bride in their ceremony vows? Because they that's one of their favorite movies. And, you know, true love, you know, things like that. So it, it so yeah I don't I, no I'm not I'm not going anywhere I want to plan bigger if if anything I want to I want to continue just looking at amazing experiences from for two people for four people to fifty people to five hundred to two thousand you know my tagline in Sandman Productions is connecting people through events and nice. that's really what I'm about and the wedding coach is make all your dreams come true so between those two why would I want to stop. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. you're awesome, man. Any, any final uh, points of wisdom you want to share with the audience? I'm going to allude to what I said before. Maximize your strengths. You know, especially if we're talking, you've gotten older, you know, when I was 25 and beginning this and getting married and those things to being 50 now, I've developed those things over those years. And that that, that makes me an expert in a few categories or it makes me you know, what I feel in a top level executor in certain categories. So I just tell people, target what you really love and use your talents and the strengths that skills that you have and grow those because they're already there for you. It's yeah. the low hanging fruit. So, you know, if you're going to go in business on your own or do those things, go with the things that you feel that you have the natural gifts to do. Mm -hmm. And then you're an expert, you know, everybody's an expert in something, but they're just not aware of it. Find out what right. you're an expert in. People have jobs, right? You, you could, you know, work at the, the mailroom. There, there's, there's some expertise in, in that. You could be an accountant. You could be wh whatever you are, whatever role that you have, there's a level of expertise. And it's, it's, it's finding that you found your expertise and now you've turned it into a thriving business that's going to be with you forever. So Congrats to you, man. I really enjoyed this, this catch up and really, I wish you nothing but continued success. Oh, man, thank you so much, Jack. And uh, right back at you, brother. You know, watching you from all of the beginnings of the, the videos and the, the, the other camera stuff and the work that you were doing at the station to see what you're doing here now. This wasn't what you were doing five no. years ago. Ten, <laughs> far, I mean, this Far from it, man. If you, if you told me I'd be interviewing people on a podcast, I think you'd crazy. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I mean, you know, you're practicing the same thing that we're preaching. You yeah. know, you're doing it. That's what's neat is you saw that there's a need for this and, and now you're taking it to that next level. So let's just keep inspiring each other, brother. Right on, man. I look forward to interview number three. Interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sanford. Thank All right, you. Take care. Thank you, sir. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site to get the latest podcast updates.
We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us, and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening.